tonight is about, hey, we, we want to be more than a church that goes, yeah, we want to be a church that says, not only do we have a vision, but we have a plan. You see, a vision without a plan is a daydream. A plan without a vision is a nightmare. And we said we want a vision and a plan. Have you ever been in an organization where you have a leader that says, hey, we're going to do big things, and, and you and your mind are going, yeah, right, we're all going to go back to our offices and keep doing the same thing. And we've said we don't want to be like that. And in the history of this church, we have dreamt about, thought about, I've certainly preached about all that God wants to do in and through us. And God's done amazing things. I'm not sure I've been great as a leader at helping us execute a plan that every one of you can be a part of. This year, it changes. We as a church this year have set our hearts and minds on this goal. We are going to follow up on 10,000 prayer requests. Now, that sounds like a simple phrase, and you might think, well, that didn't sound all that complicated. I want you to know that 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 simple phrase comes after a lot of wrestling and talking and praying and considering. And we found that irreducible minimum of the goal that God has set in our hearts. There's a lot of things that we could do. So we looked at the seven-year, and then we looked at the three-year, and we said, which one of these do we feel like has to drop down into the one-year? Do we need to lean into? Which one is going to really transform this community, transform our church, and transform our lives? And we knew, as, a, as we were discussing around the room, a lot of things were considered. Do we focus on leadership development this year? Do we focus on our communication? And we want to have just the bangest, bangingest social media, whatever, you know, what, what, you know. And then somebody said, let's focus on prayer. Whenever somebody said, let's, let us focus on prayer, something in my heart jumped. And it, strangely enough, I don't actually feel like I'm great in this spiritual discipline. I don't know about you, but I don't feel like I'm great at it. But I want to be better at it, and I want to lead our church to be better at it, and clearly God is stirring it up in our church. So this year as a church, we are going to follow up on 10,000 prayer requests. Why is this such a high priority? It's a high priority because we do believe that we must be people of prayer if we're going to see the seven-year vision become a reality. We believe that Prayer is an opportunity for God to hear our hearts, and we acknowledge that we need God. I've said it several times recently, and I'll say it many more. I do think the prevailing idol in our community and in many of our lives, certainly it is in mine, is the idol of self-reliance. And in prayer, what we're saying is, God, we cannot do it on our own. When I think about my lost coworker or my neighbor who's far from God, And I've done all that I can do to try to talk them into a relationship with Jesus Christ. What I know is this, is that without God's intervention, without God moving in them and on them and through me to them, then nothing is going to change in their lives spiritually. It is a high priority because we as a church know this, we have got to be people of prayer. You know, in the New Testament, the earliest Christians that begin to understand what it meant to follow Jesus, they came out of a tradition, if they were connected to Judaism in any way, where people prayed three, four, five times every single day. And in the early church, the church gathered to pray regularly. 
And I want you to know that we as a church are, are going to continue asking God to stir in our heart a desire and a discipline to pray. And here's the thing about it. Everybody can do it. Everybody. You may be sitting out there and saying to yourself, you know what, I don't really know that much about God. Or you may say, you know, uh, I've prayed before and things haven't worked. Or I, I don't know how to talk to God. But what I'm saying to you is this, is that no matter who you are, no matter where you are in your spiritual journey, you can pray and all of us are going to learn to pray as we study the scripture and learn the language of prayer, which is God's word. Everybody can do it. Everybody can pray for a lost coworker. Everybody can pray for a neighbor who's far from God. Everybody can pray for a child or somebody who's sick or, you know, you know I mean, raise your hand if you're getting what I'm saying. Everybody can pray. And here's the thing. You can pray on your own. You can pray in groups of people. We are <coughs> going to pray as a church. In fact, one of the next two Sundays, I'm going to pray, preach a sermon out of Acts 12. What does the church, what happens when the church prays? Let me tell you, the scriptures reveal it's pretty awesome. We as a church are going to be about prayer. Now, I want to just put before you a little bit of math. All right? 10,000 prayer request follow-ups is, is kind of a big number. I think I mentioned a couple of weeks ago that actually when we left the meeting with the Vision Capture team, the number was 1,000. And I left, and I thought about it for a couple of days, and, and what occurred to me was that 1,000 was like, if I'm, if I'm you, I'm sitting there, I'm thinking to myself, man, you know, the leaders ought to be able to get out 1,000. And that's true. Andrew and I could grind out 1,000 prayer requests, follow-ups, by the end of February. Don't challenge us. We'll try. But then I thought to myself, but this isn't about Andrew and I. This isn't about what the staff is going to do. This is about what our church is going to do. So how about if we as a church set our eyes on 10,000? You know what that means? Everybody has to participate. For 10,000 prayer requests, if we have 100 mission partners participate, divide that by 12 months. Anybody got the quick math on it? You're right, 8.4. Good job. Jeannie, Jeannie, my wife, got that. Well done, baby. 8.4 per month, which is two per week for every one of those 100 mission partners. So my question to you is this. Do you think, as you're going on your way, that you could notice when a person has a need that ought to be prayed for to a week? I'm thinking about it. that's not very much. Two a week. Your coworker is ill. And you say, you know what, I'm going to pray for you. You pray for them, and then you follow up, and you say, hey, how's it going? I've been praying for you. I was at the gym a couple weeks ago, and I'm going to have to go double time this week. Thanks a lot, Joe. And I overheard this man there talking about how he might lose his job. And I thought, ooh, there we go. There's one of my follow-ups, man. And I prayed for him. I have not yet had an opportunity to go back and say, hey, man, I've been praying for you. How's it going? But I will. It's that simple. So part of this that's important for you to understand is that we're asking God for 10,000 follow-ups, but for one-third of these to be prayers for unchurched people, people that are outside the faith. 
You see, because what would happen is that we'd all get together and we'd be praying for each other's sore knee, you know, each other's, you know, brothers, friends, sisters, distant cousin who has a, you know, an ingrown toenail, you know, all this kind of stuff. But what I'm saying to you is that we're actually going to get really serious about praying for people in our lives who are far from God. So one-third of those 10,000 were asking God that they'd be from non-believers. So we're going to tell you how that's going to happen. You might say, oh, that sounds great. How are we going to keep up with it? We have a plan. We have a plan. 